Welcome to Lisa Beach Meet, episode 31. Yep. What's 30 in Spanish? Trenta. Trenta. No, it's not. Trenta? Vente? No, that's, Trente. that's definitely French. Trenta. Okay, anyways, tonight on our episode, what are we talking about, Jimmy? Um, I guess how nutrition affects behavior, particularly violence, um, and also how it affects our inner cities, somewhat related and unrelated. Kind of all over the place. But essentially, we're looking at the history portion of the book that we just promoted last week. Fast Food Genocide. Yeah, Dr. Joel Furman. Okay. That sounds really interesting. I'm really excited to learn about that, even though I kind of already did when I read the book. But you're going to tell me again, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Before we begin on that, um, I'm going to answer a question from one of our listeners. I had um, Trisha emailed me and asked what our favorite vegan cheese is. And without question, Jimmy, what was our answer? Chow? Yeah. Did I say that right? Chow. I don't know. I've never like heard anyone. I think chow. it's chow. C-H-A-O comes in slices. And we just like the original. Chow. chow. Yeah, it makes... Why do you have to say it with an X? Chow. I don't know. Sorry. Um, it, makes, it makes a good like grilled cheese sandwich. If you put it on like just a sandwich with tofurkey, like your typical you sandwich. You it like plain. It tastes good. If you just eat it, it tastes... It tastes good. Like it's, a sliced cheese. Yeah. What cheese? Oh, there's a lot it of cheeses like out a, there. It's like a white cheddar. Like a, I'd say like a quality slice of American cheese. Mm-hmm. Like something you would just slap on a cheese. Not like processed cheese right. food, but like a Sargento. good quality American. Yeah. Sargento, for sure. There you go. Now we're talking. So, <laughs> Trisha, if you're listening, that was our answer. And where did Trisha email you? Trisha emailed me at Lisa Beats Your Meat. Um, at gmail.com. Yeah, so we're, we need some more interaction. Yeah. Uh, we had some great um, responses from the last show. Or actually, she didn't even say that. We had a lot of listens. People were really excited about Dr. Furman. Who wouldn't be? Um, he skyrocketed up to the most listened to podcast, and it's only been seven days. That's awesome. He surpassed every podcast in seven days. Um, but what we didn't get was any interaction from people who listened to it. Mm-hmm. So we're starting this episode with just... A reminder. Um, Please subscribe. Leave us some reviews. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, right now. Pause it and pause go into it. iTunes and review the show or just review the episode or thumbs up it. Um, and hit that subscribe button, man. Yeah. But more importantly, we just want to hear from people who listen to this show um, so we know what, what you want and what we can help with, um, you know, answering questions. Like Trisha. Yeah, so whether you're listening it. to us on Podbean or Stitcher or Google Play um, or iTunes is the most common, obviously, um, do us a huge favor and give us a like um, or subscribe to the show. Or be that honest way, and give know, us a dislike. No, email us those. <laughs> <laughs> Leave those off the platform. <laughs> um, but in all reality, we just want to hear from people and we don't that often. No. We do. We do. Sometimes it depends on the the program or the show, but um, we just want to hear from people who listen to this show, and we know you're listening because we do. see the statistics. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, sorry for that okay. scolding. A little, little creepy. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Well, I guess I can talk about food for a second, um, or you could introduce your guest. Oh gosh, I forgot. <laughs> 
you're just common stance now. I don't know. You're even like you're just there. I'll take so, that as a compliment. Um, Amina's with us on episode 31 to talk about this history stuff. Thought she'd have a good um, sounding board. Good. What, what do we say? Good reactions to what's going on. No. Insight. <laughs> insight. To what we're discussing. Some good insight. Yeah. So welcome, Amon. I wish I had those like clapping sounds. You do. Yeah, but, but it's too hard to get. You know those like they're dead. What? When you hear like um, radio shows or TV shows playing clapping sounds dead? or like laughing sounds, they're all recorded people who are now dead. That's, That's really <laughs> creepy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. Is that you just you just think that in your no that's a strange head or yes that <laughs> that's a fact um and it's cool maybe oh. people clap differently now than they used to yeah yeah they used to clap like it's <laughs> <laughs> awesome um all right well tonight for dinner really quickly we had some quinoa with it was like a Mexican theme and there was black beans and avocados and red onions and cilantro tomato mushrooms onions corn whole bunch of stuff and it was super good right yeah it was, it was really good delicious fantastic. yeah and super healthy so let's just get into it jimmy i don't are you right to business yeah okay so i have a structure that i'd oh, like to God. hold up here no. okay <laughs> um but Those i want to so talk serious. about the history there's a whole history section in uh, dr Furman's book can you give nope. me like a finger when I'm not allowed to talk? You can talk about anything you want. I'm just saying, but today... You're running the show? No. <laughs> today, like modern times, I want to talk about after history. Okay. Okay? Okay. So when we're talking about the history section, then we'll get to what's happening today. Oh, got it. Is that fair? Is that yeah. a good rule we can follow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all point, I need. Point delivered. You throw me off sometimes. Um, but a lot of the stuff, I mean, we had never heard before. Yeah, I think it's fairly new science and new arguments, not new science, but that it's been brought to the attention of the common man. No, I think it hasn't been brought to the attention. Yeah, I'm saying it's fairly new that it has. I think that's why this is so interesting is that this concept is is really new in this time and age. So like I was just talking to someone and just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You can go wherever you want. (laughs) Um, But anyways, Dr. Furman, who we had on our last episode, uh, fantastic, well-known guy in the the healthy community, eating community, all about nutrients and things like that. Um, He wrote Eat to Live, Mm -hmm. Super Immunity, immunity. and then this last book, Fast Food Genocide. Um, He's talking about how Nutrition affects us. And there's a whole section of the book on the history. Um, of eating habits, right? Of nutrition, yeah. What what happened to the American diet? Right. Um, but he starts around the Civil War era. Um, and what got my attention um, when I was listening to the audio book, a.k.a. Lisa reading the book out loud mm-hmm. while we are driving down the highway. Um, I love reading out loud. I like you. You have a great audio voice. You should. That could be a job, Next right? Next career. Could you sit in a studio and just read a book? Yeah. What do I'd those people to. get paid? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we'll look into it. <laughs> uh, slavery. So apparently slaves, um, many of them outlived poor whites and many of them outlived the uh, their owners. Um, okay. Centenarians, which you've talked about, people That's who lived 100. to a hundred. Yeah, it was it was more common for a slave to reach a hundred than any poor white person, and most of and, their and owners. rich 
white people? Yeah. Rich white people. Rich yeah. white people. Like own the, the slave owners. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the but, slave owners died before the slaves did. Yeah, and there was a very small population, actually, of slave owners. Um, it was kind of the elite that owned slaves, so they weren't really a big enough population to, to have. To test or study? Yeah, to see patterns in. Okay. Um, but compared to the uh, the typical, you know, country, southern, white man, our person, um, slaves outlived them. Why do we think that is? Oh, I was playing footsie with you and I didn't even realize I was sorry. surprised that your foot I touched thought, mine for that long. I thought for a minute was, I was like, is that Amina? Because Lisa usually <laughs> recoils in fear when she I touches my foot. it was the table. Sorry, go on. <laughs> but do you remember that part of the book? Yeah. Um, so the poor... So why are slaves outliving their rich white owners? Don't those rich white owners have access to better medical care? Uh, well, actually, it was funny. They some some of the early arguments were that they slaves had access to better medical care really? because they were a product essentially. Oh, like, right. They, they wanted to value. keep them alive. So they gave they provided them with that. But like Furman says in his book, there's that's just silly because we don't even have the technology today to keep people alive to a hundred. Right. Like we certainly didn't then. We don't have doctors and medical, you know, technology that's gonna just Keep make someone. people live to a hundred. So why are those slaves living? Uh, well, the po- the whites were eating mostly a corn diet, um, mm-hmm. eating a lot of pork as they got further and further away from, um, like you know, a home a, farm life. Yeah, well rounded, well balanced diet. Because um, well, it used to be that if you know, like way back in the day before stores and supermarkets and all that fun stuff you got your food from your land outside in your backyard and maybe some animals that were running around in your backyard so you know hundreds of years ago um any family black or white or slave or not were just going out into their garden in their backyard and and every they were all they had to be self-sustaining you know yeah the diet when we like kind of um moved into like the industrial revolution era i guess the diets changed drastically from farm life. You know, the big change from farm life into moving into cities like urbanization, people, people's diets changed with that move. Yeah. I bet people's diets changed. Okay, this uh, this might not make no, sense. You- <laughs> but the, the Great Migration, you know, where blacks came up from the south to the north. Um, I know the south typically didn't have a good diet because you're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, you know, that was a lot of, um, like fried foods and whatnot and a lack of a lot of vegetables. But I wonder what the typical North diet was and if blacks came up from the South to the North, what was their diet now in the North? Because it was post-industrial. Yeah, I think it's more of, it's not a racial thing at that point. It's more of an urban thing. Right. Well, the Great Migration and- is indicative of african-americans moving from the south to the north i'm just proposing that's just my this is my like theory that (laughs) there was there had to have been some sort of change in the african-american diet moving from the south to the north in the great migration that makes sense was it a positive influence or was it a negative influence well what the slaves were allowed to do um is have their own gardens so obviously they probably like had to yeah well i mean they ate what they were allowed to eat yeah um, but most of them were you know they were farming land for cotton or whatnot but they had their own little gardens and they ate a tremendous amount of vegetables and so they were getting all these nutrients they still 
you know, ate um, like kind of what you just explained, the old fashioned diet. Yeah. You lived off what was around you, maybe some animal proteins, um, but mostly. Well, greens are super easy to grow. Do you remember those, that Swiss chard we had in the backyard? Oh my gosh. They were gigantic. I could could have fed an army. Have you ever grown things, Amina? No. I grew up in the projects. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) You should get shit. I can't grow anything. Gardening. It's fun. But I grew a couple years ago the Swiss chard, and it was like the size of two people's heads. It was gigantic. Mm. Took over the backyard. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah. So that, I mean, that caught my attention the most about this section but then we get into the um pelagra pelagra is that right joel yeah. Furman corrected you <laughs> he did he corrected me a couple times i was like nutritarian he was like nutrarian i no, don't know other way I around said it, yeah you said new new the only reason why i pronounced it that way is because i was looking on youtube at an interview he did and the person that was interviewing him said nutritarian or nutrarian so i was like oh crap i was pronouncing it wrong <laughs> it but was, in but fact i was right yeah it was nutritarian yeah but pellagra was this crazy disease in the south right do you want to go into it no what i mean you you remember it i do i want to i want to talk about yeah it. you know more about the so pellagra was this um disease in the south that was a niacin deficiency and niacin is like a nutrient you get from a lot of green vegetables um like your kales or your mustard greens or your collard greens and people in the south surprisingly um were not getting enough niacin they weren't they weren't eating any greens and this would be like not the the slaves because the slaves were producing you know, they had like a garden or whatnot and i guess anyone who had a garden probably wouldn't be so. yeah this is this is a lot of like post-war too, like reconstruction yeah but the they said so they called it the 3m diet the 3m diet so they're eating mostly meal which is cornmeal mm-hmm. and then meat which is mostly pork fat and molasses molasses so that was pretty much their whole diet was you know the cornmeal who's and then they meat, and then sugar everyone in the south so slaves included uh, well, this is no, after this slavery. Is, this is like post-slavery. Well, it's happening during slavery, but the slaves weren't eating like that. The slaves were eating, you know, like said so the stuff they grew, and then after slavery, they kind of had to continue to do that. Why? Um, with it, but the traditional Southern diet just became these three things. Yeah. So, slave or not, you were eating this or no? Slaves, or, but this is after slavery, or this is you know transition yeah, away I mean, from think slavery. Think about generations too. So we're talking about. Um, you know, the slaves into the former slaves are just going to continue to eat and live the way they did. Right. It's not like they like get out of being a slave and they're like, oh, I'm going to yep. eat totally different. I have a job now. Different. Give me the cornmeal. Yeah. yeah. So, but the, the Southerners were really getting used to this diet. This diet. And it, like Furman talked about, it became like a, it's almost like a DNA thing. What you eat and put in your body is, really ju- you, we you do actually pass that on. Go into not that. Not just the habits, but. That's that's some in-depth stuff, the DNA stuff. Um, I'm wondering why corn became such a popular crop. It doesn't have that much nutrients. I mean, you can manipulate corn. Isn't into it super easy to grow? Corn? I mean, I mean the same reason you feed cows corn? Because it's well, cheap and. Well, it, but it's cheap because of so many other reasons. Like, what I don't get in this is like a totally going off on a tangent here but corn really isn't nutrient dense whatsoever um soy is more 
it's I think soy and corn are like the two highest produced um, crops. You know, crops. But what what made corn stick around, you know, besides, I guess, the fact that you can turn it into a lot of stuff. But science, yeah. science would have found out a way to do that with anything, you know. I, don't I feel know. like that that was just because they had so much corn. They're like, I we got to figure out what to do. It was easy to grow. And it but grows everything like everything is kind a, of easy to grow. Yeah, everything doesn't grow in like a protective shell, does it? I guess. This is, I'm just. I'm going to. Gosh, I've. There's <laughs> like two. Like tomatoes, are they more susceptible to bugs and stuff? Yeah, than tomatoes a, than are. A, than yeah, corn. Tomatoes, like husk. a sensitive crop. All right, but in the future, I have two theses. One. Thesi. Thesi. One is the change of an African-American diet during the Great Migration and how that affected them. And two is why do we push corn so much? Maybe just, you can co-write a book. Those are just my... Your favorite hero author. <laughs> those are just my um, my two um, educational or like academic essays coming up. Sorry. So anyways, pellagra. Yeah, back to pellagra. Pellagra was a nice and deficiency disease. Isn't so that just vitamin... It's a vitamin B. deficiency, but specifically niacin. Okay. So niacin you get from vegetables. People in the South apparently weren't eating vegetables. So this deficiency, this niacin deficiency, pellagra was sweeping the South. Everyone had this deficiency. And what did it cause, Jimmy? Uh, the four Ds. So it, <laughs> they call it the three M's and it causes the four Ds. It's a, good, nobody, it's a good way to keep it. Nobody wants four Ds. No keep one ever wants four Ds. Um, death. I sometimes Can don't I even guess? want one D. Yeah. What are the four Ds? What are four bad? Four bad things that start with the letter D. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I would say, um, <laughs> <laughs> Dementia. Ooh, that's Ooh. one. Okay, that's all I got. Got it. I don't. I don't even know. Death. Death is the worst of the four. Diarrhea. Diarrhea. What's another bad Dysentery, word? That's the same no, thing. No, remember that this is where the term redneck came from. This is why we call Southerners rednecks. You didn't go over that. Duh. Duh. Does it have to do is with it, your skin? Yeah. Dry skin. Dermatitis. Dermatitis. Or something. So it. And this is where they kind of caught on to the fact that this was a, a universal thing. Mm-hmm. You had an abnormal amount of people getting these weird skin rashes and getting red, dry skin. And um, wow. that's where the term redneck came from. But also, one of the other side effects was violence. Mm-hmm. So this and is it's kind of like I was explaining this to someone. It's kind of like when you hear that syphilis makes you... Um, like crazy, you know, like yeah. we all hear the, the rumors or the tall tales things of like Al Capone getting syphilis and it, it deteriorated his brain and he literally just like lost his mind. Oh Did yeah. Did you hear this? Yeah. What was that? Not to cut you off. The, 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 that podcast to listen to the, mm. one of the like, mo- what's the really famous podcast besides You're ours? No. <laughs> it's the first podcast we ever listened to. Cereal? Cereal. American that, Life? That dude in Cereal who... And don't say what... Oh, I shouldn't even... Yeah, let's I'm not like, get into I'm that. like ruining a good story if I say this. Okay. Spoiler alert. Anyways, oh, go wait, ahead. Wait, wait. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yes. So syphilis gives you... Um, what do you need? Oh. Syphilis gives you... Makes your brain crazy. And it's kind of like the same thing that pellagra 
can bring out violent tendencies, which that's crazy that you could eat something that makes you violent. Or not eat something. Yeah. Well, syphilis isn't caused by your diet. No, 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 no. I'm saying like it's the same kind of concept that this disease, the, the disease makes you act a certain way. That that's like that was the correlation. Okay. Yeah, Syphilis so is from sex. Maybe. We have a a modern that. day version of that too. Well, somewhat. No, modern. vegans can avoid We're not syphilis going into the by <laughs> just eating carrots. You know, Shut it's up. totally fine. Um, the, no, uh, I was just correlating. It's like a comparison. Yeah, it's yeah. not a good one. No, but it's just bizarre <laughs> that a niacin deficiency can make you violent. And it was kind of un known for a long time it was very unknown so i think it was 1905 that the first diagnosis of pellagra was linked to a niacin deficiency but right. as soon as they figured it out they, they were, were like, like holy crap oh, everyone crap. has this yeah, what do they do to bread so that they, they would... put all these nutrients in bread well the, the first they take they took it out right no, they don't take it out. It's just that when they process like the wheat plant itself and they're taking like the bran and the oat, it's called something else, um, out of it and then they refine the, the flour to make it, you know, like white flour. They've just taken any of the nutrients out of it. Yeah. But it's not like they specifically pulled niacin out. Well, they, they just took they out taking, anything. They were everything. taking that out and they were giving the wheat or whatever they took out. To like, like the, slaves. the slaves. But they were giving yeah. to the slaves and the animals because they were like this is leftover crap we don't need this stuff mm -hmm. but then it would make sense that the slaves are living longer because they're giving the them the actual it. yeah it's that would make sense um so lead lead paint lead. the same thing the reason they stopped the, the, they put lead in gasoline for a while yeah you know when you go fill it's up unleaded. it says unleaded it always says unleaded yeah it's wow. always a big deal like only we don't have we anything have but leaded. leaded gas, unleaded gas now. But your car says all over it, only mm -hmm. put unleaded gas in it. Um, there's a time where after post-World War II that they realized that leaded gasoline was more efficient. And all of a sudden we had this boom economically. So it was a ton more cars on the road. Um, so leaded gasoline, you know, got popular. Same with lead and paint too. Mm -hmm. And then, you know why they stopped all that? Because people would eat paint. And what would happen to them? Make them crazy. Yeah, led to uh, higher crime rates. There's direct correlation between crime rates and leaded gasoline. Jeez. When they took the lead back out of gas, um, it crime led to less down. crime. Wow. It's, it's insane. So it's so kind of like the same thing. there's been lots of examples of how disease can have an effect on your behavior. Yeah, I just never thought of that. No, I didn't either. That's a really like weird thing to think about. Like when, you know, someone gets sick with some sort of disease, you don't think it's going to affect their temperament, but it apparently does. Here's where it's really fucked up in the book. And he goes off on this for a while. Um, eugenics. Wait, no, can we finish about Pelagra and the violence? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. So Pelagra makes you violent. Yeah. Everyone that, in the South has pellagra. They all got the rednecks. Not all of them, but a, a good amount of them. Like everyone. And they say that Anyways. like they're, they estimate that maybe one out of 10 people actually got diagnosed that actually did have it. So there's a tremendous amount of people with violent tendencies. So everyone in the South had this. So diarrhea. Why, is, why? Well, I swear to God, if someone had habitual diarrhea for like years, <laughs> I would make pissed. me violent. I mean, you would have uh, known, didn't they sh uh, poop outside? 
and dirt and holes this time? Like, that guy has yeah. diarrhea. I see him pooping. Oh. No, oh. I, was, I was like, what? I was, I was figuratively pointing. <laughs> But the ladies thought I was actually seeing someone have diarrhea. No, I meant like if I had diarrhea for years, I would be violent too. Yeah. Uh, we should make clear, as does Dr. Furman in this book, that um, he's not saying that people are without personal um, responsibility for, for their, their actions. Violence. And he's not saying that, you know, Southern white violence or any violence we have today or anything, even the lead crime and stuff. That's saying that these, these are, are all the correlations. Old, yeah, they're, they're correlations and they're they're parts of a bigger puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but, there are many pieces. But yeah, so the South, um, obviously, post World War II, post World War Two, post slavery, reconstruction post Civil era, War, um, blacks actually started becoming um, a middle class. Like mm-hmm. their literacy rates went from five to ten percent um, to seventy percent. In like 20 years. Well, because they were withheld from that. Yeah. So when given that opportunity, they jumped on it. They were excelling, but it comes back down when they, when the diets change. Right. But I want to finish Pellagra in the fact that we didn't really talk about that this made people violent and that post slavery, there was a ton of freed slaves violence, like death. You're, you're mug right now. Like you're like your face right now. Looking at me is just like what the fuck That's is this? Why super what serious is this white lady paying attention? Say? Face. She's about to say something about slavery. Your professors you, love that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. actually you're right. That's the face I make before I go off uh-huh. on some white lady. Uh. Like, <laughs> she said slavery. What the fuck? No, <laughs> so that was like my my college face was just that, but I was. I was in a whole different place. Yeah. I learned that if you stare at the professor and every time they cross your face and you are locked with them, that they're like, yeah, this guy's, this guy's feeling it. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't like have that, to do either one of those things because I was actually paying attention and actually asking great questions. Oh, I was Anyways, oh. my point is that we didn't make before is that this pellagra caused these violent tendencies post-slavery reconstruction era there was a hell of a lot of deaths and violence perpetrated against these freed slaves terrible racist things yeah lynching became a a norm even with politicians lynching was a a social norm which is super bizarre so dr Furman goes into in-depth about how possibly this pellagra and this niacin deficiency which is gives the people the tendency of being violent is not to blame, but could be one of the reasons why. So maybe I'm a racist and I don't like blacks and I see this black person on the street. Without Pellagra, I'm like, ooh, I don't like you black. But with Pellagra, I'm like, I'm like, you know what we should do? We should be violent and hurt this person. So it's like, <laughs> it was, it was like, it led people to be, to take a racist thought and maybe turn it into action. Like it wasn't like, I'm saying this is the excuse, but this is this theory that Pellagra was a cause to push that, that racist thought into a violent action. Right. But, um, the difference between somebody just calling you out for being black and lynching you is you're just, you're going to say it's because of this Pellagra. No, I'm not saying it's because I'm saying that it's, it's it could a push be, though. I mean, that could make that happen, though. Did you ever like watch these films in like high in school or like, like 
roots or some of these like documentaries where you like yeah see just showed mob in class mentality of like 10 days a, an actual lynching like someone being hung and you see like hundreds of people and you're like and it's and you're weird like, how the fuck could was this normal be this like out of touch Accepting. of like humanity and uh not saying that this is the only reason but no it's it's an interesting theory that it's maybe just a that theory there was and you didn't see this in the north it didn't no. there wasn't I mean, I'm sure there's there's cases of horrible kale, things man. happening, but there wasn't just kidding. there wasn't this mob mentality of like street justice and lynching and yeah and I don't know I it just, just got accepted and it got normalized and shit just got out of control and possibly this nice and deficiency was one factor in there. We're not okay. saying that it like, could be a factor yeah, for sure. I'm not saying that like. I don't know. Like people did some terrible <laughs> shit, Kale but also prevented right, right, right. Like, yeah, that's a crazy thing Kale's to say. The answer, but also like we just want to be like everyone else. So like if there's just just one lonely white man that wasn't really trying to lynch some dudes, yeah, well, all his buddies was lynching dudes, right? He's I'll like, be like, okay, I guess it's cool. I'm gonna stand around with all I these hundreds lynch, of people guys. and just look and smile. Yes, yeah. the social norm. Yeah, becomes. So I think right. that's, I, okay. I mean that's and you're mob raised mentality. like that too. Yeah, you're yeah. raised like that too. That's that's just like human nature. Like we could go into the psychology of that and yeah people just do want to be all the same yeah but okay. the particular like tendency for violence i guess the violence um, what, i mean that that takes a lot to go from like i don't like somebody to i want to hurt somebody yeah you know like that step is crazy yeah well we're gonna talk more about that okay, okay. um let's go into eugenics I just wanna, to be honest just quickly, i don't the, know what eugenics is well before the eugenics thing and then also Jim Crow. He did a fascinating thing I've never even thought about with Jim Crow. Um, taught it my whole life. It's a very high school thing to teach segregation. Please run it down because I don't actually know. Plessy Ferguson, we segregate. Jim Crow laws are segregation laws. Blacks and whites are separate. So you know what Jim Crow is. Uh, yeah, but I actually don't know what eugenics is. Okay. All right. Well, eugenics, we're not to that point yet. Um Quickly though, um, one of the like theories that. was that um, the the Jim Crow laws, and apparently uh, Martin Luther King even had some quotes about this, um, were not just to separate blacks and whites. Um, there was a very str- a very big, large, getting powerful poor white population, and Jim there Crow was, was. Oh wait, there was a very large. Poor, like there was a in, white in, population in the, in the south. There was a large poor white population, just okay. like there's poor black population. So this is again, we're talking about Reconstruction era. We got freed slaves. No, we're talking 20th century now. We're talking Jim Crow segregation. 1900s. Oh, 40s. Yeah. Okay, it's 40s. Um, so we're talking. We've got a big African American segment and poor. White people. Yeah. Are the African Americans middle class? Now? Yeah. Blacks are coming up in the world. They're getting educated. They're coming into I saw schools. So many Jefferson they're memes getting today. Jobs. If I'm a racist Southerner, they're taking jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so instead of, you know, the elite or whoever, you know, the man is trying to bring everybody up together, Jim Crow laws, some historians believe, were not just to, to separate blacks and whites, it was to appease the poor blacks and make them feel some kind of status or some kind of eliteness by separating blacks and whites and giving the blacks the shitty facilities, even though you're still a poor white guy, you're not as bad as the blacks. So you right. was to give the white guys the elitist, not yeah, the black not the, guys. Not no, the black it was guys. giving the poor white guys the, the feeling that's what, of yeah, some kind of elite. You elitist. said, that's not what you said. You said black. That's oh, why I was yeah, confused. Yeah, yeah. 
was like, uh, so you, <laughs> it was, my bad. The, okay. I got that face. It was, you saw it? I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? The most, illusion of giving poor whites an elitist. Yeah. I've just never, I've never thought of it from that angle. No, that's exactly what it was. It's like, you're the underdog, but at least you're not, you know, dirt right now. Right. Yeah. So it was, it was a way to just appease get a poor out. whites. This is like the most higher echelon educational the conversation I think we've all had in quite some time. Thank you. <laughs> we've, we've referenced so many historical events. Yeah, we're doing right. so good. Hope these mics are working. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Were, keep in mind we're both history teachers. Yeah, we should know something. <laughs> we do that for a living. And you taught me, so. Oh, yeah, I'm going to was our you student. You um, Well, anyways, we, it just, I, I, I wouldn't say it was a leap. It seemed like a leap when uh, the book gets into eugenics. Eugenics is... is sterilizing essentially people who are less human essentially less worthy. if you're if you're a criminal or you're more susceptible to violence mm-hmm. part of your punishment could be you can't reproduce okay and that seems kind of crazy right now but we did this in this country obviously hitler did it and the nazis did it um, but they learned that from us we legalized this in america california did this in great numbers um, it's making sure that people, criminals essentially, people just with criminals. violent tendencies, mm-hmm. criminals, uh, mentally ill, mm-hmm. could not reproduce. We can just breed out shittiness, right. essentially. Um, yeah, and, so Hitler took those ideas from California. I remember from America. That. I mean, it, the Supreme Court justified. I mean, it. that's crazy. Um, we suck. Yeah. No, we don't suck. We just. We sucked. Well, it comes. Oh, sucked. We sucked. Yeah, it comes into this that, no, though. That sucked. What we're, eugenics? Yeah, but I mean, we're not gonna say like all of the United States sucked, you know? Yeah, but like if someone like um, sucks and they, they sucked, sucked in the past, up. you're not gonna say they sucked in certain parts of their past. You're gonna say they sucked. <laughs> there but is, now they're okay. There was some down parts about them. <laughs> we're, we're we're way off. Here. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no. Anyhow. But how does this relate to all this? Um, and I, it's a weird angle. Not a weird angle. I, I guess it makes sense. Um, people who were pro-eugenics are obviously going to be anti everything we're talking about. If we're going to say that behavior has to do with your environment, mm-hmm. rather than change your environment, we're just going to make you not reproduce. Right. So it's a really bigger picture here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is but, your behavior sure. a result of your environment or are you just born a shitty person and we but, just need to stop birthing shitty people? Not to go off wind or whatever, but your environment can make you a shitty person a generation after generation. Yeah, for sure. You know, like what we're going to say is that the the foods that I'm going to eat affect my DNA, which in turn is going to affect any child I have. And that child might now have this disrupted DNA. That child has another child that has disrupted DNA. So it's like yes and no to that answer. Yeah. Or nurture question. versus nature. It's like both. Yeah. It, it is both in that scientifically our environment can fuck up our DNA. Yeah. A hundred. And that's, that's the argument that this whole book is making. Yeah. Environment mostly being nutrition, yeah. which makes eugenics like even more fucked up. Cause it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Cause you're just gonna, if you're just having people who have bad tendencies or criminal tendencies or mentally ill tendencies, and you're causing them not to breed, you're still not, 
you're just attacking the symptom. You're not affecting the cause. Mm -hmm. right. So the cause is going to continue. So I guess there's this big, not there is, there was a big disagreement and divide between eugenic scientists and nutritional scientists. Eugenic scientists? That was like a thing? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, that was the idea. I mean, if you think about it uh, without any outside, you know, human concern and compassion right. the idea kind of sounds like okay yeah, it makes sense we make sure criminals don't breed anymore mm -hmm. we'll have any more criminals um but uh i i personally as do i think all of us today believe that it's environment that causes this right but what particularly is happening in these environments i don't think nutrition is the conversation enough mm. no mm -hmm. and that's you why are what you eat man it's just funny that it's like we, I mean, we've had 31 podcasts where we're talking about a vegan diet when it all goes back to this idea that you are what you eat, like just eat good foods. Like it's, it's weird that we have to have 31 hours of us talking to say you should eat good food because it's better for you, <laughs> you know? You're right. Well, what good, what is good food is debated. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the argument. Yeah. I mean, everyone agrees though that real food is good food and i guess that leads us into modern day um the history section here ends talking about how post-world war ii um the military particularly the u.s military is what kind of invented fast food and by the fast military? food we're not just talking about cheeseburgers we're talking about any sort of food that's easy to get your hands on that can sit in a shelf that doesn't have to be in a refrigerator that doesn't have to be heated up um processed food essentially right. mm -hmm. um, and all this comes from uh, Post-World War II, he had a g great quote in there that uh, Napoleon quote that a, a military or an army marches on stomach like the success of your your military. That was is, a Napoleon. There's a Napoleon quote. Napoleon kind of how sucked. well they're how well they're uh, <laughs> they're fed. Um, but we realize to be the most powerful army in the world, it's not just about our military and our bombs and our technology. You have to be able to feed these people, these thousands of troops all over the world um, and keep them fed. So. That's that's where spam came from. Apparently, mm -hmm. spam's created in the 30s, and this is going to be the superfood to save the world. And then that leads us into Twinkies and Ho Hos and so it's processed. All food. this crazy processed stuff that you can stick in a box and have it sit for a year and still right. have it be delicious when you eat it. Yeah, Twinkies, man. I can't remember the last time I had a Twinkie, but I they discontinued those. that, and social media went bizarre. Oh yeah, when the company like, went they, under. Yeah, and they like. They're the reason why they're still here. Like yeah. we are. Can we make vegan Twinkies. There, your sister put up a thing on my Facebook about it. I want to make a Twinkie. Oh, yeah. I well, the sugars fan. though, not good either. No, but oh. every once in a while, man, it's cool. Yeah, gotta it's live. That great quote. Yeah. Everything in moderation, including moderation. It's an awesome quote. That's a good one. I, I thought it was everything in that. moderation, like except for cocaine. That's literally <laughs> what I thought that quote was. Nope. You need to chill out. I think that's like what someone told me, and I was like, well, can't do any cocaine. Oh, goodness. Well, we can't, just like a little. That leads to today. <laughs> today we eat shitty foods. And today in urban areas, which we live in, we live in downtown Columbus, Ohio. Well, west side. Um, all across America, we have... In incredibly disproportionate crime rates and um education rates yeah um so this and there's a lot a of lot. factors that go into those crime rates and mm -hmm. those education rates but as proponents of a 
plant-based diet and Lisa Beach Meat, we're going to say that a big factor. Yeah, let me give you nutrition. some let me give you some stats here okay. with a with a little caveat. Um, so these stats um, this is this is an intro to Furman's book. So the primary reason um, for a lot of these stats is systematic racism has led to disenfranchisement, decreased school funding, decreased economic opportunity that perpetuates poverty and ill health. So he's saying these stats are not based on Twinkies, okay? Um, but these are facts. Uh, if you are African-American and live in an urban area in the United States, you are less likely to complete high school. You have a 47% greater chance of having high blood pressure. You have an 80% greater risk of experiencing a fatal stroke. You have a 50% greater risk of dying from heart disease. You're twice as likely to have diabetes. You're more than four times likely to have severe kidney disease. You are more likely to get cancer and die of it. And you're more like you're twice as likely to get Alzheimer's disease. That's if crazy. If you are a black person in a city in America. Those are staggering That's statistics. Insane. That is insane. It is very insane. And what really like grinds my gears about that is that. Oh, you go. You roll up those sleeves. <laughs> is that. Um, I think there's this idea that black people get diseases based on their race. Like I've like heard, you know, that, oh, it's like, oh, black people get diabetes easier. And that's mm-hmm. not it's just like a natural thing. Yeah. It was like, oh, you're black there. You have a higher chance of getting diabetes. That's what. And that's bullshit. And that's what's so fucked up about this is that, oh, if I'm black, I'm just going to assume that I'm at a higher risk of getting. I think that's diseases. what pissed off Joel Furman so much. Yeah. And I sensed the tone of the book. But then when we talked to him, he mm-hmm. was like, yeah, in this our is- ivory towers, they just tell us. Black people are going to be more likely to have heart the disease. They're more likely to have diabetes. They're more likely this or that. And that's and it's really not, not because cool. they're black. You're black. Right. Or that you're poor. To do. Or that you all, live near big buildings. Like, it's, I mean, that's the idea that we say a certain group of people gets a disease um, higher than another group. The inside of us is all the fucking same. Immense. You know? But like all, my heart and your heart, our kidneys, our organs, they're all the same. So to say that like you My heart are, is white. You're going to get... Uh, <laughs> Just kidding. Mine's red and pumping with blood. Um, but to say that, you know, you're more susceptible to getting a disease. Yeah. That's kind of racism. Yeah, you know? but that's just like to keep you in place. You know, it's like you can't help that you get all these diseases. So don't worry about like trying the, the, to not to get fix them. it it's just gonna happen regardless yeah it's just how it is yeah. yeah and i think that's part of the push that's really fucked up mm-hmm. is, and it's like this um you you don't have like any sort of accountability in your own future no you know? it's like odds are you're probably gonna you're not gonna get educated because apparently our schools all suck your your odds of going to jail are higher and now your odds of getting diabetes or cancer or heart disease or stroke are much higher like to give that prognosis out to our inner city african-american kids um that's just fucked up i don't know like that's so fucked up i actually can't even can't even i can't even i can't as a white woman i can't even (laughs) (laughs) not cool no Um, that's fucked up this is so oh this is embarrassing though um do you remember when um, we, before we were about to interview Dr. Furman, I was like, well, the end of the book is just a bunch of recipes, which it is. Yeah. And, I, and you were like, I'm going to make Buckeyes this weekend. And I was like, no, one of his chapters is about, is about make dessert screen again. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to make something 
from his book. Yeah. And I didn't. The last chapter of the book is make deserts green again, and it's all about food deserts. Oh, wow. Not not make desserts. Not desserts. Oh, that's what you said to me? Wow. And I didn't even read that section. Because it's like (laughs) pancaked in with recipes. And all these vegan doctors apparently want to tell us what they eat. So a lot of these books end with recipes. So when he started talking about it, I was like, oh, I, I didn't even thought about food deserts. Oh my and gosh. Then today I went back and I was like, oh, that says deserts. This doesn't say food deserts, like um, places in that certain that just don't have access to yes. don't food. Have access. Not kale ice cream, apparently. Oh my <laughs> he does have recipes in the back of his book. Green so that's desserts. why I was confused about what you said. Yeah, there green are desserts. recipes back there. Oh, the USDA defines a food desert as, quote, a low income census tract where either a substantial number or a share of residents has low access to supermarket or large grocery store. Well, does that mean within walking distance? Yes, because you can say, yeah, you can hop on the bus and go to the grocery store. But it costs money. If I have the opportunity, it costs money. And even me, I have two cars. There's a, a Walgreens vision of my house Mm -hmm. and there's a grocery store a mile and a half down the road. Not even. It's cold out. I'm not walking a mile and a half or two miles to the grocery store right now. If you said but you could walk to if Walgreens, you said go get me some dish soap. I would go to Walgreens. Right. I wouldn't hop on a bus and ride Good a mile point. and a half. So it's it's a convenience thing. Um, yeah. But there's some insane statistics that go along with your distance from a grocery store. So if you're in a food desert, your odds in life. Are rather slim, I'm assuming. They're much lower. Um, the the biggest one, so I guess we have time and get a little more technical. There was a study done in, in Chicago. Um, well, I won't get technical. There was this whole like correlation that they did based on your age and your distance from the grocery store and your bus access and blah, blah, blah. Um, but the big takeaway from this, this giant study was that you were twice as likely to die from diabetes and heart disease if you're outside of like a mile and a half radius mm-hmm. of a grocery store that sells fresh produce. Twice as likely. And we live in a somewhat impoverished neighborhood and in an inner city. And it is kind of rare. There's when you go out to any of these suburbs, there's no, there's not corner stores everywhere. No. Like here no. they're everywhere. <laughs> they're there. You, you'll be in a, a community. You'll go five blocks of residential area. Mm-hmm. And then in between two houses is a, it's a convenience store. store. I was really, I was always really jealous. <laughs> the house of it. is the convenience. Yeah, store. it was. It I was love, a house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's and, and like the first floor was transformed it's into cool, convenience though. store. It's so convenient. <laughs> <laughs> um, for like a pack of smokes and a lottery ticket. Yeah, and yeah. some oatmeal. Yeah, pies. if you want some and like some a qui- some quinoa. Yeah. yeah, like if you want some broccoli. No, you're not getting but that. Maybe down the road, you know. This is, I guess. Um, this is our, our, our flight, our flight is to try to bring awareness to this, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe in 20 years, we're going to look back and be like, damn, look at that corner store sounds broccoli. That's awesome. You know, and that is more of a solution than, you know, sticking giant grocery stores everywhere. Yeah. Just- or even making people, everyone be vegan. Just put some fucking broccoli at the corner store and not the <laughs> trees kind like the, you know, so. not what's it called now? People. Well, I don't Pe- know. There's many words. People for it. have to be exposed to it and want 
to be part of it, I guess. So like there's in California and New York City, there's a lot of places where they're replacing the street vendors, not replacing them, but there, there's, there are there's opportunities other for options. fresh food. There's schools in, I've heard of schools in California that they, the kids grow their whole entire mm-hmm. lunch. How do we bring that to our school? It, it could happen. I mean, I know, but what do we do? Actually, like you were a student at our high school. We teach there. We are the epitome of what Joel Furman is talking we're about. We're a huge bureaucracy, though. We are, but that's what? The problem what most that's, mm-hmm. We are a bureaucracy. But what, with all of the red tape that we have to deal with, like we can't give children peanut butter. Or, um, like, actually, I'm not even, like, supposed to give them food during school hours because um, they're supposed to get it from, yeah, it competes with the Ooh, school can, lunch. Can we, side note, talk about the new punishments that we're enacting at West High School? No, what are those? We took the ranch dressing away from oh. the students. Yeah, do you know we I would that? kill everyone in that building. <laughs> yeah. So the kids, I love ranch. The kids have to bring it now in their book bag because... They made too much of a mess at lunch, nah. so administration took all the ranch okay, and first the ketchup. Of all, they took it away for one one. Meal. No, it was gone this week again. It was. They took it back again. They keep taking it and giving it and taking it and giving it. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's just miserable, man. Because that food is miserable. Yeah, it's you need to drown it. Garbage. That's, I but, okay, didn't so then, eat like, my so senior year. What? And I know so many kids that don't eat. They're like, that food's nasty. And yeah. I'm like, why don't you pack? And they're like, where the fuck am I supposed to keep my lunch, man? Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, in a big fridge Cooler. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So, like, what can we do? We need to brainstorm. Because this shit, when our students, like, I get so frustrated at school because I have so many kids that act like, ridiculous. But there are so many good kids at what my school mm-hmm. that, like, it makes me so sad and so mad that they're just getting the short end of the stick mm-hmm. over and over and over. There are generation of kids that are just being deprived of a good life. Yeah, honestly, like if the food is shit, I just feel like the school doesn't care about yeah. me. Oh, and so I'm sure. not going to care about the school. Yeah, 100%. And for a while, my thought and my heartbreak was just that these kids, for the most part, are tremendously unhealthy and most of them and i'm not exaggerating are obese oh yeah and uh-huh. like i would say like 85 to 90 percent of our students and that that was heartbreaking in itself mm-hmm. and and an injustice but now to even think about I, I never thought about how much this is affecting their capabilities of learning mm-hmm. their um their per- brain function propensity is that the word propensity yeah, for crime oh yeah Propen- um good Good Violence, mm-hmm. um, all of these things. A lot of our kids end up in jail. They end up in prison, or they end up um, dead. dead. Dead, yeah. Like th- that goes. If, if that can correlate to diet too, like that's that's yeah. insane. That, I, it's that not. This can't. I mean, and maybe it will be someday. That this mm-hmm. will be what what saves America. Well, it's yeah. not like, what's gonna save America. It's just that your diet is a part how you take care of your body. And if you don't give a shit about your body and you're eating the fucking chicken O's for lunch, drowning them in ranch, you don't give a shit. You don't give a shit because it's like the last thing on your mind. But maybe, just maybe down the road, you give these kids an option and that's what they don't have right now. They Mm -hmm. don't have the option. They have no choice in what they're eating. Uh, these, These obese children, you know, it's like you look at an obese child and you're like, what the fuck happened here? But... 
I'm not going to say that they have no accountability in that, but he, a, and a, like a 10-year-old child who's obese, mm-hmm. they didn't really choose that lifestyle. Well, even no. our high school kids, it's 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 the calorie thing, too. We've talked about cal- calorie density on here. Like, they're getting fed. They need a ton more f- calories to get the nutrients that they need. Right. So that's why, like, it's weird that America is one of the only countries in the world where people in poverty are the fattest people. Mm-hmm. And that's because their their food is so... Eating shit. Yeah, it's it's so You're going to yeah. eat fucking shit, you're going to feel fucking shitty. <laughs> yes, that, okay. was, that was the title of a podcast. <laughs> but my, my point is that like possibly maybe down the road that if you start to think about your diet and yeah, it's like a small change, but it's monumental in how you are as a being. That moment you make that choice of am I going to have some Takis for a snack or am I going to have an apple for a snack? That moment you make that conscious choice for having that apple, it was a positive move for yourself and your body and your brain. It was like I'm going to start taking care of myself. Then maybe I care more about my education and my studies and my academics. Like, And then I'm maybe I'm going to go for a walk instead of taking the bus somewhere. Like, It's one tiny little step in the right direction and all those little tiny steps add up really quickly and mm-hmm. really do change your life yeah this actually as we're wrapping this up this is kind of uh, i'm not wrapped up let's talk about this some more well, <laughs> Just uh, kidding. this is how Furman wraps up the history section here and this is why this guy's a man um so and this is exactly what you're talking about trying to change things says remember there was a huge opposition Quote. to the claims that smoking cigarettes was harmful some people will never consider that evidence to be conclusive. Um, it, it can't be denied, though, that nutrient deficiencies create immediate effects that can destroy human potential. Um, Low-nutrient diets stress the brain, influence decision-making by impairing brain metabolism, uh, blah, 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 led to poverty, violence, criminal behavior, drug abuse, devastating health tragedies, and have their roots in diet style of the population under duress. Um, so unhealthy eating feeds inequality, bigotry, racism, and intolerance. So this is where I, I love Furman. He's so bold mm-hmm. by saying these things. Um, but he's saying, today we know that the dietary practices cause much human tragedy and affect society on every level, from autism, childhood cancer, to uh, learning difficulties, medical dependence, and premature death, and yes, drug addiction and crime. It's time to end this. Um, but the fact that he ties us into smoking and, you know, Maybe there will be a point where we start to realize that, you know, smoking causes lung cancer. There was there was a time where people were sitting Didn't around frustrated, pissed off that. Don't the world... tell me my cigarette gives me cancer. These fucking whack jobs, hippies <laughs> or the people who caught on to the fact that it did were frustrated that people, people weren't. Listen. Yeah, yeah. That all this wouldn't... misinformation was being fed to other people. So they started to look like the weirdos by saying, like, don't Definitely. do that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to kill you. Um, so I guess we're the weirdos. That's fine. Not, it's less and less every day. That's I'm why cool. it's exciting. That's a, that's a good part. And I'm confident why... in myself. I don't feel like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're going to be rich and famous because we have a podcast about God, being don't vegan. Don't say that stuff. Yeah, that makes my skin ridiculous. crawl, man. can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but no, this is hopefully up. a, um, I don't know. I hope it gets normalized. This, this diet. It shouldn't be a diet though. That's the thing. You know, it shouldn't be like a fad diet. Yeah. It should just be, this is how people should eat, man. This is, this is a normal way to eat. Y'all should eat like this. 
it's fucking good for you and it makes you feel good and you don't have to die from weird diseases. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a die. It's You'll the die way, happy like, and warm and old. The happiest long living people have ever yeah. existed. It's not just veganism, you know? And, and no. Again, Joel, Joel Furman's not a vegan, No, is he? he's not. He No, he has got... I just bought your mother a cookbook for... Um, Christmas and there's like shit. She's gonna know now. There's there's like recipes with <laughs> um, with meat in it. No, it's just being I, from a compassion side. I don't want anything fucking to do with animals. Like I'm not eating them of any capacity. I don't yeah. want anything to do with them. But from a diet thing, if we're just talking about diet, um, no, you don't you don't have to be completely vegan. But just that push to be cognizant of what you're eating and that yeah. plant-based, that's that's the big thing. You know, I'm not going to win everyone to be a vegan. Mm-mm. No, that's not going to happen. But I could possibly win people in telling this wealth of knowledge about how this diet is so much more beneficial to you than the American diet and maybe you could catch more people that way. We should change this, the show to Lisa Beats Your Meat if you want, maybe, but you can still <laughs> have a little bit and she'll beat... 90% of it. Uh, no. <laughs> Lisa beats 90% of your meat. Mm-hmm. Lisa just like tries that. to beat some meat. Like, if you're not into it, it's Not cool. everybody's She's meat. Just a few of y'all. <laughs> just kidding. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Can I talk about Okja? <laughs> yes. Okja. Uh, oh, my God. Okja. Can you all out there watch this movie on Netflix? Because it's super sad and it's so good. It's like a movie about it's so good. It's about like a um a company that produces this genetically modified pig and it's a giant pig and this girl it's her pet and they take it from her and they want to use this pig for food. But it's like a good good ass metaphor. It's a new movie? No, it's kind of new. Kind of. Um a lot of like Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. Um the guy from Breaking Bad's in it. The, I don't know. There's a lot of Brian the, Cranston. No, the um the big time dealer, the black guy that got shot. Oh, I don't know if anybody. Oh, the skinny guy, the chicken man. Yeah. Oh, I like him. Um, <laughs> but it's just it's. What's his name? I don't know. Oh, but sorry. it's such a good movie, and it's such a good portrayal of like it's just so good. It made me cry. Please watch it. Okja. Oh, That's all. Yeah, you could, you could talk I haven't about finished it. it. I don't want to ruin it for people. You've it's a tearjerker. Or, or yourself because you haven't finished it. Yeah, because I haven't finished it. So. Um, well, that was thirty-one. Yeah, I like that. That was that was a good educational thing. I'm gonna go read a book right now. Do you want to promote your other business? Uh, my 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 cookie selling business. <laughs> no. My lemonade stand. Oh no, it's really it's. I guess it's the same thing. So we started a, we're going to try for 30 days to vlog our lives. Yeah, we've as done vegans. it. This is day four. Yeah, so you'll probably hear this on day five, um, but it's on Lisa Beats Your Meat on YouTube. It's no, called, I think it's just called like Lisa's Family. If you put Lisa Beats Your Meats in it, it Lisa's comes Vegan up. Family. So Lisa's, Lisa's Vegan Family. Vegan family. If you search Lisa Beats Your Meat, it comes up and it's uh it's us living our lives it's like 10 minutes a day but it's fun um, it's pretty fun but we focus on every meal that we eat so if you want to see what we're eating every single day for the next 30 days (laughs) um, just a way to show that this lifestyle is not bizarre and weird that was the point it's yeah it's, it's relatable yeah Anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. Not anyone, but like most people can. I don't like know these. Foods, if you can but. drive a car, you can be a vegan. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can put your pants on. 
Uh, but yeah, so that's on YouTube. Um, check that out if you like it. And again, Let us subscribe. Know. Yeah, subscribe to it and we'll know you like it. But otherwise, email us and tell us to cut the shit and go back mm-hmm. to being teachers. Next up, do you want to know what, who our next guest is? <laughs> no. Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> He's a man. We could, Oh, can we try to get him? Special guest? I'm dead. Hillary. <laughs> yeah, she's not, Hillary's not going to be on it. She's just going to be like in the room and she's not going to say anything. She's <laughs> just going to be there. Yeah, she's just like a spectator. All right. Funny. Well, this was episode 31. Thanks for listening. I hope it didn't offend anyone out there. We said slavery a lot and usually I feel like people get offended. Were you offended? What? No, I wasn't offended. We don't. I'm not. I wasn't looking at you specifically. Oh, you literally both looked at me. Oh my god! If you didn't know, Amina is black. Um, 31 in my language is Latini and Moy. 31. What? Latini and Moy. What's that? The word. The num. The number 31. Oh. Oh, not treinta e uno. I remember. Yo, no. Choo choo. I don't know what you're going. How'd you say? I love you. Okay, Panda. we'll be back uh, next week with what episode 32. What is it? Nakupanda. Oh, Nakupanda. I got it. Naku. All right. Don't Everyone, do not act. Nakupanda. I'm just saying it. This is how I say it. <laughs> Bye.